Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris. I'm your host, Alex Lopez. With me, as always, is TJ Peterson joining us tonight because Jacob is at a wedding, which is apparently somehow more important than the conference finals. Josh Appel, PA announcer for the Miami Marlins, even though they're the Florida Marlins in my heart, and as well as a play-by-play announcer for the NFL on the radio. Uh, Josh Appel. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, fantastic. I don't know how it's real that we're having this conversation uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, getting ready for Game 3, up to nothing. Get, no, uh, get it? Yeah, getting ready for Game 3 at home. Yeah. At home, up to nothing. Flashbacks it's, to Talladega Knights, Ricky Bobby. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, we're at, yeah. That point, we're at that point of this playoff run where it's just like every night is more unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, 48 hours ago, we were zombieing through an almost five overtime win. And tonight they took a minute and a half and scored on the power play. Matthew Kachuk in arguably the second prettiest goal of the postseason, maybe even in the entire season. And here we are. The Panthers are up to nothing as an eight seed against the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. Like, what the fuck is going on? They're coming home up to nothing. I mean, Mm -hmm. they said both coaches going into this, and some of the players too going into this series, that it was basically like looking in a mirror and and seeing the same team. And I feel like we've gotten that in these first two games. Bounces here or there for either side, and the results could be different. (laughs) The idea that this team who has had, and this franchise, who's had their hearts ripped out on so many different occasions, in the playoffs, in overtime, in big spots, to now be the team that cannot lose an overtime in the postseason. And again, up to this reminded me a lot of uh, game two in Toronto when the Maple Leafs came out and had a really strong first five, 10 minutes, obviously took the, the two nothing lead and the Panthers scratched across that goal late in the first period tonight. I mean, Carolina to say they dominated the first 12 to 14 minutes of this game is an understatement. But after he that, he rolled the Panthers. Yeah. But after that, it was a pretty even hockey game, in my opinion. And Panthers got a big break and got the power play. And finally, they haven't been able to do anything on the power play in, in the first two games of the series. Uh, they cash in. I mean, it is it is surreal to be sitting there having this conversation. While, while we're talking about the first period, I, I wanted to bring up something that I got a little bit of heat for tweeting and get your opinions. So I remember that at one point the shots were 15 to one. And then when they were, I think 20 to four, something like that, it appeared that Carolina had gone up to nothing. And at that point I went on the Panther pre account and tweeted, I would pull Bob right now. And here's what I was thinking. And I, I, I did say this in the, in a follow-up tweet that I was not talking about Bob playing poorly at all, but I was thinking about how, these teams played nearly full four full overtimes in game one. That was two days ago. They were, they were getting absolutely worked and they needed to change something. That would be a a good situation to, you know, do, do something like a goalie pull to just get a response from the team. Cause right then they needed a response. 
And, you know, you would be able to give Bob the rest because of the four overtime thing. That was what I was thinking. Now, with the goal coming off the board, changed my mind. But what what did you guys think about the idea of even if it's 2 nothing? I, I see the thought process there, and I don't mind it. I think 2 nothing is too early because this team has been able to come back from down 2 nothing in the playoffs uh, already on the road. Um, if it had gotten to three in that first period, then I think that's something that you go ahead and, and put line into the game. Um, but, I mean, that was a huge swing. I mean, shout out to John Kajem again. Yeah. I mean, the guy does not miss. No. The guy does not miss. So, yeah, never, to never question, lost. I don't, I don't mind that thought process from you. I just, I would have done it if it had gotten to three nothing as opposed to two nothing. I, I almost completely agree with Josh. And I, I say almost because I have something to add as an additional reason why I disagree with TJ. I follow exactly where you were going, TJ, but two nothing is, is not un, unstoppable. It's not comebackable or whatever. It's, it's absolutely obtainable. And, you know, you don't do it. I mean, three nothing, it would have been an immediate yank and all right, you're done. But the only, and the one extra reason I want to add is Bob was playing really well. He was clearly still on his here. So it's like, all right, yeah, you just let him cook. And yeah, it might, even if the game, you know, even if that goal doesn't come off the board and this game ends a two nothing loss, you still got Bob Monty heater. Just don't fuck with it. Like, just don't fuck with it. Like if, you know, he wasn't great in the first goal, like one of the two goals was like one of those, oh, he maybe should have had it, but he didn't. But like, the first goal was an outstanding tip. The second one was a goodest really bad turnover, and it was a guy coming down wide open from the slot. Like, those are two great shots, and he had made a bunch of big saves before around those two goals. Like, I think he's playing well enough. You just let him cook. Yeah, I just want to clarify that my thought process was 0% related to how well Bob was playing. Oh, it was 100% uh, yeah, related to yeah. they needed to get, like, Paul Maurice needed to send a message to the team that they were they were playing like shit. Because they were. The I, first 15 I, I, minutes not, were horrible. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know Carolina obviously went through the same thing. But they're able to recover at home in familiar settings. Like, the Panthers look like a team on the road that just played two games plus a period 42 hours ago in the first 15 minutes. And the game kind of settled down and, and slowed down a bit. Um, I, I think the, the reason why I was following your thought process there for, for a minute, again, still, I would have done it to nothing, but like going into tonight, it's kind of been the same feeling, at least for me. You're, you got house money. You did your job and you got one at Carolina. The road team starting out, you want to get at least one of the two. Two, obviously phenomenal. You already got the one. So, like I said, I, I'm with your thought process there. Just I would have waited until if it got the 3 nothing. But, hey, give credit to this team, man. I mean, how is – I just – I keep coming back to this. How is this real? Yeah. It, it, and the night after the Heat did the same exact thing. Like, the yeah. fact that these are all happening, like, consecutively. Damn it, TJ, you took the joke. I was At some point, I was going to, like – like you never see this a team up two nothing on the road in the conference finals as an eight seed like we haven't seen this since yesterday when they did it. <laughs> damn it tj i'm so sorry well i i will admit that i i had a bad take but i'm glad you guys don't think it was a horrible take i i, yeah, I we all, we all have it was a, in terms of your you especially your level of hot take come either that was a lukewarm take for you i understand the thought process i disagree with it you seem you will 
you always kind of want to wave the white flag a little bit sooner than the rest. Oh, but it's not the white flag. You understand that it's it's okay, about yeah, fair enough. Fair getting enough. the skaters to play better. That's what it's about 100%. Okay, I'm glad that we're on the same page there. All right. Um, so then after that point, Panthers come back and start playing a heck of a lot better. I mean, once they got that Barkov goal, you didn't feel like it was, you know, picking a, a needle out of a haystack. They had their opportunities. I remember they had a number of two-on-ones. Brandon mm-hmm. Montour had a breakaway, if I remember correctly. I don't know if that was before or after the Barkov goal, but let's let's talk about the goal specifically because, <laughs> my goodness, that was a piece of pure filth. I mean, going between <laughs> the legs, fake one then kind of mimics a shot motion, fake two, and then he puts it right over Ranta. Like, the best goal that the Panthers have scored these playoffs. What was it, a month ago? The the conversation was, ah, Barkov's not getting it done. The captain, the captain, he the wasn't. captain. Where he is wasn't. Barkov? As that Toronto series progressed, and as, obviously, he's made his presence felt in this series, I mean, this is what you want from your two best players, Barkov and Kachuk carrying this team it's that that much like the the maurice uh early regular season and you know throughout that criticism how that's kind of not that it wasn't deserved at times but just the way that it's aged to me that's kind of how the the barkov playoff narrative is kind of aged to this point i love it i love it we saw i mean it wasn't a loud outcry but we saw a lot of hockey men give bennett shit for trying to go between the legs to win i think it was what game four Oh, I had no problem. It was, with that. It was, it was game five. Right. It was, it was actually the like Chucky said it in an interview on the Levitur show. That was the best play at the time was to go between the legs. Anderson, or I think it was Wall at that point, just made a hell of a save. Yeah. Yeah. But like, how mad do you think the hockey men were when they saw Barkov fake between the legs? Like, that was so dirty. It was that that's going to be on the highlight reel for the season, like top five goals of the season. And the guy pulled it in game two of the conference finals. Like the NHL has changed guys. Cause that was so disgusting. And it's a play that you don't normally see Carolina like give up just the opportunity itself. Brady yeah. Shea coming up towards the high slot, leaving that all that space open. Great pass by Mahara which I don't think enough people are talking about it, how great of a pass that was to uh, get it there through a couple of defenders. Uh, I mean, it was a great play all around. And and I just adding another layer to how surreal all of this is, you know, Biz is the, the Toronto voice on this TNT studio show. Wayne Gretzky has somehow become the Panthers guy on the <laughs> TNT set. And then he followed, like, through all of that, uh, Barkov goal is one of the best playoff goals I've ever seen. That's the great one. Uh, yeah. How, how is this happening? Yeah. The, Florida Gret- Panthers, the pesky Florida Panthers. Gretzky's number one. Charles Barkley's number two. And Liam McHugh's number three. Shout out to Liam McHugh. He called Kachak overtime winner both times. I mean, he, 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 he said that he called it in the, the first intermission. I, I We were heading back from the watch party to the uh, apartment, me and Jake, uh, during the intermission between the third period and overtime for game one. And 
I didn't get to hear him, but I, I'll just take his word for it. I, I find Liam McHugh tr- very trustworthy. He's he's just very genuine to me. He's fantastic at like driving this ship. Oh yeah, like him him and Ernie are phenomenal. TNT sets the bar so high for these studio shows, the NBA and the NHL. Yeah. Speaking of Charles Barkley, though, like after all he said about Kachuk and the Panthers, I'd be very disappointed if he wasn't in the house for Game Three. I mean, it'll be the night after the Heat play Game Three of their own. Come on, I had I had I read on Twitter that he had expressed interest in going, and I think I saw Matt Caldwell say that they're working on it on Twitter. So we'll see. Yeah, like prayers we'll up, prayers up. I mean, Chuck and Kachuk. I mean, come on. Come on, that's that has that's got to be a photo. That's, that's got to be, be. I mean, that has the potential to go off. Like, like, uh, we we need another celebrity after like the two previous ones have gotten in trouble with the law that have been like the Panthers <laughs> ambassadors. We need it. We need Charles Barkley to be the new Kodak Black. The new Kevin Spacey Kevin is Spacey, now Charles yeah. Barkley. The oh, biggest... I really hope he shows up to Game Three. I really do. We were just talking about that. It, I, I think that, I mean, I was just saying it. Like, there was some stuff on Twitter I saw from Caldwell. They're trying to get him to to the arena for the game to the express interest, and they're going to be in. There, they're going to be down here. Yeah, it's gonna he happen. knows his shit. It's going too. to like, happen. Yeah. For the people that aren't aware, he knows his shit. Charles Barkley is a is a legit big hockey fan. Yeah. No. No. He he definitely knows more than your average. Uh... NBA talking head like Stephen A. Smith, like he doesn't even fake it. The guy barely knows what a hockey puck is. Charles Barkley, like he, you know, at least understands the rules and can give you a little bit of like, yeah, is he going to know who the fourth liners on the Panthers are? No, but like he knows the big names. He knows enough to be dangerous and definitely enough to be entertaining as hell. Yeah. I like Stephen A.'s line, though, of of, uh, one thing I know about hockey, the puck is black. could he could he describe the shape of a puck probably not (laughs) but he knows it's black it's it's like a biscuit baby remember that uh geez look at us now guys up two nothing in the conference finals (laughs) two games in a row in carolina the panthers house of horrors like their entire organizational existence like if you didn't read the the george richards article about carolina and playing in raleigh like oh my god there's just so much bad stuff i read every article by george richards on floridahockeynow.com as should everybody else listening to this so of course i read the george richards article the other day about it but like think, think about what they're doing on the road here in boston in toronto in carolina places this team does not win yeah they do not win in these places and the way they're doing it how is how is this real? It 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 defies all logic. It defi- it defi- their best player is the guy who's been the worst contract in the NHL the last three years. Nothing makes sense. That's a seven games in a row, uh-huh. two goals or less. <laughs> he yeah. is by far the Conn Smythe winner. Like, it's not even a discussion. Like, we're entering territory if the Panthers make the finals and Bob stays on this run. He pulls a J.S. Jaguar and gets it even in a losing effort. Yeah. He made so much. And it wasn't like – I mean, he was he was getting tested big. The save on Taravina near the end of the second period with, like, five, six minutes left. Holy shit. Yeah. Flashing out the blocker. Like, my goodness. 
had to make a stop right at the beginning of overtime. Yeah. Like, he- I, 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 how, how the, the frustrating thing with Bob has just been the consistency because he's old. Like there've always been the flashes of saves like this over the course of his Panther tenure. It's just, they would come in a game where you also give up four goals or he'd have a stretch of like two or three. Like, all right, like this is the guy we want to see. And then it would just falter back. Last year he was pretty good. And I thought he was probably our best player in that lightning series only to get yeah. overshadowed by Vasilevsky. Of course. But I mean, this is what they're paying him for. Point blank. Yeah. This this is this is the contract becoming worth it if you know this run continues. Like there's a discussion to be had even at this moment, whether like before it was terrible contract, worst one of the worst in the league. It still might not be a great deal, but Right now, it's still it's like a conversation that can be had where you wouldn't even consider it a month and a half ago. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a situation where if you win a cup, there's no such thing as a bad contract unless like the guy was one was just not playable and you still had to pay him and he was just there. But like if you contribute to winning a cup, there is no such thing as a bad contract. Like Chicago, totally Chicago Blackhawks, they're an absolute disaster right now, and you know. They're bad money in terms of like part of the cup era is all gone. But like when Brent Seabrook and and uh something Duncan Keith and all of those contracts that were backloaded were really hurting them. Do you think anyone really cared? No, mm-hmm. because they got three cups out of it. I mean, yeah. even more recent example just for the NFL, the Rams famously yeah. F them picks. They won the Super Bowl. Last year was not great, and obviously in the moment. Probably wasn't all that fun for them, but thousand percent worth it because yeah. they got the ring. Yeah, fuck them picks. Yeah, you gave up a, a number five overall pick for what you know ended up being a quarterback that won you a Super Bowl. Fuck it. Like mm-hmm. if you if you told me right now the Dolphins are going to give up a number one overall pick but win a Super Bowl, bye. Yeah, Who we're not in this every time. We're not in this for draft picks. We're in this for banners. We're in this for flags flying forever. Right. You know, how many freaking players have been drafted where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to win a cup. Connor McDavid is the best player since Wayne Gretzky, and he can't get this far. He's never won a game in a conference final. Lemieux? Well, Connor McDavid's better than Lemieux. What? Are you serious? Yes. As an actual talent, yes. Okay. As an actual talent. Like, as I... I mean, there's a there's a lot of conversation about Gretzky versus Lemieux. Okay, not that fine. I, not that I'm with that. Is but this, like, is, I, I'm this, surprised this to hear like you say the, that. This feels like, oh, is Rogers better than Brady, or is Peyton better right. than Brady? Like, were those two guys more talented? Probably, but Brady has the yeah, yeah. You know. Don't count but, me as a McDavid David Doubter though. Like, he's the best player uh, of the 21st century. Like, there's no question about that. I was going to joke that it sounds like you're saying you're not a McDavid guy. (laughs) But but that's my point is, you know, you cannot talk about like cup windows and, oh, you know, why would you trade a guy who can win you five cups for one cup? Because you don't ever really know. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, despite being a top five quarterback of all time. Like the numbers he was putting up in the dead ball era are basically what these guys are doing now with all the rules in their favor, not to go so purry into this, but like great players don't guarantee trophies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you take a cup. If Bob gets you a cup, that $70 million is 100% worth it. Mm-hmm. I want to pivot here to one of the things I find the most remarkable about this. And back to another bad take that I made 
which was that I thought that this would be a series where the home team mostly won games because Carolina's home record in the last two playoffs has been stellar. They they were 7-1 and one at home in the 2022 playoffs. And this year, they're only 4-2, and two, but they're, they're off going 3-0 and oh against the Devils at home. So yeah. over the, what does that make them over the last two years? They're 11 and three at home coming up to the series. That's pretty strong. And now they're 0 and two in this series at home. Yeah, That's the most remarkable thing about it to me. Go ahead. It, it's honestly, this series is, and it's not that Caroline is doing anything wrong. It's just no. Bob is Bob. Like he kept them in game one when the Panthers played well enough at the right times to get the goals they needed to win. And then tonight, just like game two in Toronto, Bob stole it. I mean, yes, the team played well enough at the right moment. Like uh, Mark Stahl had a great block on a, on the PK that probably saved a goal. Kachuk with that amazing back diving back check probably mm-hmm. saved a goal. Like guys made plays all game, but the number one star is Bob. Thousand percent. And I'm not, I don't want this to, like, again, we've kind of touched on it in, in the previous episode that I came on with you guys. Do you envision a scenario where Jonathan Huberto is laying out on the back check like that on a two-on-one to break up a, a play like that, like Chuck did there in the third? I don't. I'm not here to shit on Hubie. I think. Neither am I. The, that, but I think like in that, the moment always, he would. They're always linked together, so it's always going to be a right. conversation. And I, I, I don't I, I always make sure that anytime I, I say something like that, I preface it by saying how much I appreciate Huberto's tenure here and how incredible he was. He's will always be one of the top five players in the history of this franchise. However, like that play to me is the microcosm for why they made that deal. Because yeah. I like Kachuk makes those plays and like Huberto just in his playoff experience with the Panthers just really never did to quote the kids Matthew Kachuk got that dog in him he's the best player left in the playoffs right well in terms of overall body of work yes right now it's but in terms of how they're playing in terms of form as they say in soccer obviously it's Bob yeah skaters yeah he's the best skater left Rupe Hintz would be the best skater left in terms of form but in terms of like if you're having a fantasy draft to start the league over next season, in terms of players that are still in the playoffs, Matthew Kachuk is going off the board first. Well, yeah, he is third. He is likely going to finish third in the heart voting for a reason. Mm-hmm. Any chance he finishes second? Who's the top three again? I know it's McDavid who's going to win it. Going Matthews would probably be the second one, right? No, I don't even know. Matthews, Matthews hasn't style. had that great. Of oh, it was Jason Robertson, right? I don't remember. Who were the Hart Trophy nominees? Let's do a quick Google. But yeah, I think Kachuk could possibly finish second. I think a lot of people will be like, "Oh, oh I have Kachuk second. Oh, oh Pasta! I, sense, I, yeah. I, I, I was thinking about goals. him, but I wasn't sure if he made it because yeah, he did have sixty goals. I mean, he had a phenomenal Pasta, year. Pasta's good. I can't remember when they. Well, no, the voting is done. So yeah, no, because I know like GM of the year they wrote after the second round, and you always see like the GM whose team got further than anyone expected. Like remember when Bergevin got like second over Zito? Like come on, um, and Zito's probably going to finally win this year, even though this is the like. You'll, well, I guess you know the Kachuk trade alone, but like after the he did, voters, season, he did nothing. He did nothing. We'll have been shitting on him all year for the Kachuk trade. Yeah, so he's going to finally get his award. But you know, he did more years one and two as the Panthers GM to deserve it. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Did Did you guys read the Athletic article by Mark Lazarus today? Yes, kind of chronicling how like yeah, Vinny took over. 
Yeah, I love I love that story of Vinny bringing them all to an Italian restaurant and just in 2013 and just saying, "This is who I am. This is w- what I believe in, and all that stuff. This is where I grew up." I love that stuff. And there were two things that that really stood out to me that when you put it up against like what this run has been and really what the last couple of years have been, they had the first overall pick three times and traded it three times, ending up with nobody, Jay Bomister and Nathan Horton. Well, that's not exactly fair because they did get Victor Kozlov for that pick. Now, obviously, Vinio Cavalier had a 10 times better than career than Victor right. Kozlov. Kozlov was a solid player. Right, but you lost that trade badly. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the Zimmerman logo on all the seats. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, that was a, wasn't that a, a Michael Yormark? Uh, oh, for sure. That was a Yormark thing. move. Yeah. Where Zimmerman, the, the agreement is, yeah, we'll pay for the seats, all the lower bowl seats for, for one season. And then afterwards, he's like, what are they going to rip up the seats again and pay all that money to do that after the season? Of course not. So you go to the, the arena now, and there's still you got the white Z Zimmerman on all the red seats. Uh, I, I remember back the, the Party City tarps up in the yeah. upper deck. I mean, this this team, man, and this franchise, like, huh. Yeah, it, the, the things they did during the, the Michael Allen Cohen or something like that era, like, I mean, part of the reasons they traded down was just to save money. It wasn't because it wasn't like the, the year they traded down with Columbus to in the Bowmeister year, and they gave up picks to whoever drafted, I think it was Atlanta drafting second, did not take Jabo. Like they were just trying to save money on the signing bonus because he couldn't afford it. Like that's how bad it was. But there's plenty of time for those reminiscing of the Dark Day podcasts. I mean, we do those with George every once in a while, but it, right it's now just, it's, it's just like, yeah. it, of course, I don't mean to get sidetracked. It just, this experience in this run just makes me think back to all of that oh yeah and it's such a cliche to say oh well all those times make this worth it but like i used to pray for times like these (laughs) there you go no yeah trust me i'm with you like my (laughs) senior year of high school i think i went to like 37 of the 41 home games and never had a ticket like i would just buy them off scalpers for five bucks and be sitting you know five rows up center ice and you know we Finished like last lot that year, ended up, you know, one of the Jay Bomies or whatever years where we finished nowhere near the playoffs. But that was when I was going. And so many just years. And I remember cheering a Tampa Bay empty net goal because it got the third overall pick that ended up being Huberto. Like so many dark days. And now we're, we got to win two out of the next six to make it to the Stanley Cup final. We survived the Alex Kovalev, Peter Mueller era of the Florida Panthers. Oh my God! Remember that when that was the second, and Alex Kovalev that had been retired for two years. It's funny because I was thinking like I kind of like Peter Bueller. I'd be okay with. <laughs> well, he was good. He was yeah, like re- relatively saying. good, and then it was like I mean, because he put up points. I'm sure his analytics were absolute trash. Because analytics, analytics. That's what I yeah. gotta say. Take your nerd numbers somewhere else. You and, got and, the dog and, in them. Yeah, I, I said care about four goals, out of the next five goals and assists and Ws. Dubs. Dubs. Well, that team yeah. didn't get very many of them, so... No, they didn't. <laughs> well, when you have Alex Kovalev as your second-line winger at, like, 41 years old, he's still as soft as hell hands, though. Yeah. He definitely does. Uh, what he... did you guys think of Rod Brindamore making the goalie switch? I mean, obviously, I... Ronta's had a great year, but what did you guys think of that? He, he, yeah, he didn't lose... Like, Ronta was great tonight. i just curious what you guys thought of Yeah, he was it, very it, good. It was the right move. I talked about it at the last podcast, like... 
I was like, oh, for sure we're seeing Ranta. And if I was Paul Maurice, you seriously consider starting Lyon because seven periods is a lot. Seven periods in the row in the NHL is a lot. So, yeah, Brendan Moore absolutely made the right move for his team. Yeah, they didn't win, but his goalie gave up two goals on, you know, 29 shots or something like that. And both of those goals, he really had no shot on. He made a bunch of big saves. So it's like you made, he made the right move. They just didn't win. Right. I mean, again, I thought, you know, Carolina played a really good game. Carolina they deserved really to win. They should yeah. have won the game. Is that yeah. is that what the meter said? Oh, it was like 86 to 13 or something like that. It was like 86 and a half to like 13 and a half, like deserved yep. to win a meter. It was a extremely Carolina Hurricanes game. Yeah, 4.49 yeah. XG to 2.85. So Bob with another 3.39 goal saved above expected. Like it's about it's about 74-26 right now. 73-27. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, because the Kachuk goal basically yeah, yeah the Kachuk raised Panthers XG by 12 and a half. But before that, it was 83-13 or something like that. 86-13. How how good has Aaron Ekblad been in this postseason? You want to talk night, about one night and day from the, the regular season? Yeah. Oh my god! Like him and Forsling, a pair that was shaky at times during the regular season, inconsistent. I think it'd be a good way to put it. How about Aaron Ekblad in this postseason? I don't see a lot of trade Ekblad tweets anymore, which is not possible to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they would find it hard to get a replacement for him right now. No, I mean, the whole defense has been a lot better in this series in general. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been sloppy moments, but... That happened, bro. I mean, yeah. other teams are going to push and they're going to play well. Do you think that is because of just the the way the playoffs are played? That's just more suitable to the personnel that we have on our defense? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? You get what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, and I also think it's the opponent because Carolina is the type to get a million medium danger chances in a game rather than five high danger ones. Yeah, but if you look at their shot location today, there was a whole lot in front of the net. There was a whole lot in front of the net. A lot of shooting at Bob's pads, though. Okay, fine. In my opinion, at least. Anything else we want to talk about for them this game? I'm good. Okay, Uh, because Jacob's not here to prevent it. Let's shit on Boston some more. We're up, <laughs> we're up two nothing in your house. South Florida's won five straight in the TD Garden. We, we own you. It's more like FLA Live Garden, in my opinion, and Kaseya Garden. Uh, FLA, FLA Live Center. Kaseya Garden. Center. FLA FLA Center. We'll call it the FLA Center. We got there. We go. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just like, and you're so scared, like. What the, what the fuck were you doing? Grant uh, Williams, Grant Williams. Grant Williams. What were you what the fuck oh, were you doing? Like I mean, what? did everybody have not not have the same reaction in that moment? It's like Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's the like, game. Like you saw Jimmy smile and I was like, doesn't matter what the lead. They could be down 30. Heat are winning this game. Like you don't poke the bear, especially when you're a role player. You're not even a six man. You're like the seventh, eighth guy off the bench. Did not what play in game doing? one. What are you doing? I saw two side-by-sides that made me smile. One of them was Jimmy yelling in Grant's face next to the goodest shot after Cousins' overtime winner in Toronto. <laughs> nice. And then I saw another one that was the Jimmy shot face-to-face, or the Jimmy like smirk as Grant was walking away or as he was walking away. And then Dwayne Wade in the background of Lance Stevenson laughing during one of those Pacer series yeah. uh, during the Big Three era. Just made me smile. Good times. 
Another Great one times. I saw was the uh, the Jimmy Smirk with uh, Wade smirking at a purple shirt guy from that Charlotte Hornets ah, series. Purple shirt guy. Oh my god, that guy Jeez. was that guy was super super extra. Yeah, but I mean, I, TJ, you said it right, best. Boston, the rents due at the beginning of the month because we now, <laughs> right now. like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Caleb Martin, what a game! He was he was outstanding. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, just so many great, great uh, players. Bam, stepping up. Oh, so yeah. So good. Struce had a great game. Yep. Yeah, Struce. Duncan's Duncan, been playing some valuable minutes. Duncan playing basketball, not just hitting threes, playing basketball. Yeah, making layups, making yeah. shots in the paint. Playing passable defense. Yeah. That's how uh, it's, I know, and you I, know it's a sign of the apocalypse. By the way, guys, I know where I'm leaving my review for this week's episode. Well, then let me plug our sponsor. This episode of Panther Prairie is b- brought to you by the Tarnowski Lopez Law Firm. If you need property insurance, personal injury, give me a call. I got your back. Wait, like John- Nick Nick Tarnowski? No, 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 no. Like literally, That's my throwback. Yeah, I thought <laughs> was my Yeah. All right. So Josh says he knows where to rate us five stars today. Josh, where are they rating us five uh, stars? Raising Canes, the new one in, in Boyd. Yes. My wife and I had our pregame meal there today. Nice. All right, guys. That's it for another episode of Panther Peru for TJ Peterson and Josh Appel. Jacob, I hope that wedding was good because you missed one hell of a game. <laughs> nope, no checkers this time for Josh. Well, they're all here. They're all they're all with the That's right, yeah. Checkers update.